0: how they've managed to turn their STR dreams into reality. If you're an ambitious woman who's looking to build a successful short-term rental business, you are in the right place, sister. Hey, sisters. Okay, really quick before we jump into this episode, I have two very important things to share. The first one is we are doing a quick survey for the show and for our listeners so that we can learn about what you love about the podcast and how we can continue to bring the content that you love more often. So in the show notes below, we have a link that is going to direct you to a survey. Once you fill it out and hit submit, you are good to go. And thank you in advance for sharing your opinions. Now, number two, The doors to the 2023 Short Term Rental Virtual Summit for Women are now open. If you don't have your ticket yet, I promise you, you want to go and grab it right away. This exciting event is happening January 24th through the 26th. And friends, whether you're just starting out in short term rentals, whether you have a booming business that's operating like a well oiled machine, or whether you're somewhere in between, the Short-Term Rental Virtual Summit for Women is going to help you take your business to the next level and rock it out in 2023. So head over to strvirtualsummit.com and grab your ticket now. All right, friends, let's go ahead and dive into this episode. Welcome to another episode of the STR Sisterhood. This is Stacey St. John, and I just want to say thank you for taking time out of your busy calendar and spending it with me today. Now, in today's episode, I talk with the one and only Tracy Northcott about how to avoid the Airbnb bust. That's right, my friends, there are hosts that are struggling to get their booking calendars filled. And Tracy gives practical tips and advice to help you stay proactive and get that calendar full. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into my interview with Tracy. So we are here with one of my very favorite people on the planet, Tracy Northcott. Tracy, thank you so much for being with us today. Look, thanks for having me, Stacy. I anything
1: that you touch, I wanna be involved in. It's just it is you're always so much fun. You're so generous. And if if you open a fridge, let me be there to be at the opening, basically. Now can you clean out my fridge? That's what I want to know. Oh no. <laughs> I've
0: probably got a checklist for it, but you know. There you go. That's gonna be your next checklist, I'm sure of it. No, Tracy, thank you again for Taking time out of your busy calendar because I know how crazy busy you are as well. So, again, I so appreciate it. But before we dive in, we have a lot of fun things to talk about in a very short amount of time today. Before we dive in, if someone is listening and doesn't know you, tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're located in the world. Sure thing. Look, I'm a little Aussie girl,
1: I am in Tokyo. I've been here for 22 years. I don't know how that happened. So I arrived when I was in my late 20s. Obviously, that makes me now 50 plus, but I still identify as a little Aussie girl. And I'm in this massive big city, which is like living in Disneyland 24 hours a day. So that's who I am. And that's where I live.
0: Amazing. And if you're okay with it, I want to talk with you today about avoiding the Airbnb bust. You know, a lot of folks are struggling right now. And I know that this is a topic that you recently wrote about in one of your blog posts. And you've personally experienced that Airbnb bust. Tell us a little bit about that journey for you. Sure. Well, look, I
1: started hosting in, you know, t- over 10 years ago and everything was great. Everything, you know, we we were listing lots of properties, we were scaling and it was going great. I was up to sort of 24 properties and, you know, we were we were doing really well. And, and I woke up one day and we had a seven figure business. It was like, wow, how did that happen? Because it kind of happened by accident. But that was before regulations. It was an absolute boom in Tokyo. There were lots of people coming in and, and we were just at the right place at the right time and you know and i know i was 100% airbnb i was all in and then regulations came. so there was a lot of politics back and forth and then all of a sudden we were just basically dropped all of the the hosts uh, you know our market went away we weren't given a lot of support and yeah it was a very rude shock to be honest it was like well hang on what am i going to do now so so that's when i really started to figure out the business and decide and t- try to decide well, is this for me? Do I want to be all in and actually have a business? Because just identifying as an Airbnb host kind of wasn't working anymore. So I had to get serious. A lot of people left the market at that point. A lot of people said, no, it's all too hard. It's not what what my passion is. It's not what I'm interested in. And so they, you know, took the money that they'd earned in that time and went, this is great. Let's try something else. But I'm, you know, with my family, made a very conscious decision to say, okay, well, now let's get serious and let's really figure out how we can make this business with the current assets that we've got in the market that we're in. How can we make that a lifestyle choice that brings us abundance, like lets us live our life without a boss
0: and lets us enjoy what we like doing. So
1: that's how we went through it. Yeah.
0: And I'm curious when you were experiencing that shift in your market with the regulations. I want to obviously talk with you about some of the things you put in place in your business, but I'm curious from your perspective, what was that like on your heart, in, in your mind? You know, was it stressful? Um, how did you get through those tough times being and realizing that you are an entrepreneur and you have to behave like an entrepreneur? What was that like? emotionally for you
1: it was a transition it was growing up I, I i won't lie it was like you know it was it was really easy before it was just you know you put something up and even you put something up which would be kind of half asked. i can say asked kind of Man, you can say asked all day long <laughs> yeah so <laughs> even if it was kind of half asked, and it was and it was like and it was doing really well but you know then realizing okay well what's What is, you know, putting on my big girl pants to realise, all right, which ones of these properties, looking at the numbers, looking at the market, which one of these properties are I can get? I can get registered i can actually make a profit with which are the ones that are most popular with my target demographic and all of those things so i just sort of started looking at the numbers and looking at the business and and you know rather than just throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what was going to stick i used all that you know i looked back and looked at all that data before and went okay i've got all this really juicy information now what do i do with it so it really was a like a coming of age. It was really like a a growing up and getting serious about what we were doing.
0: I love that. Now you talked about target demographic, and I am wondering if you would share with us why you feel like knowing that target demographic is important in your business.
1: I think it's the start of everything. It's, you know, knowing who your buyer is, and also knowing what your product is, is really, it's, it's not, unique to short-term rentals. This is, this is like business 101. Who, what you are, what you sell, who you sell it to, all of the big brands, they know that stuff. They know it cold. But when you sort of join and go into Airbnb, you think, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm an Airbnb host. And you don't really think about who, what is your unique selling point? What is the value that you're offering to the people that are spending their money with you? And it, just spending some time thinking about that You know, was really the start of my journey on on direct bookings and and marketing and branding and all of those things that I find so juicy
0: now. Well, I I was going to say, I think about you as a marketing guru, right? And I know that that education and experience in your world didn't come overnight. In the real world of big brands, you know, their brand managers go to school and have four year degrees in this stuff. There is definitely strategy to understanding how to position yourself and your brand in front of your target audience. So I love the fact that you are really bringing that to the forefront for so many hosts around the world. And I know that it's making an impact. So kudos, first of all. Second of all, I'm curious if someone is listening and saying, okay, well, this sounds great, but." How do I even know what my target demographic is? How do I find that out? How would you recommend they go about doing that? Look at
1: the data that you've got in front of you. And by data, I don't, you know, it's not, you know, hard and fast numbers. It's like, all right, look at who's the guests and, and look at the, look at the communications. Use your instincts in a lot of ways. It's like, and I know this sort of, I don't want to get too woo-woo, but but it was like, who is really appreciating my hospitality the most. Who, who are the people that give me as much love back as I put into my property? And I was just sort of listening to you know the reviews and listening to the, the guest communications. And also, I would actually talk to the guests and sort of find out why are they coming? why are they here what made them choose my place over something else and it was it was just a matter of just being curious and and starting where you are and just trusting your instincts in a little way and like and i think the first thing i did was just recognize my product so i wasn't in the business of selling cheap accommodation that's not what i'm selling i'm selling an experience i'm selling. You know, I I was selling a home away from home in a different city. So, my product is very, very different from, say, yours at the beach or someone else's in the mountains. And what is it that I'm actually delivering? It's not just a place to sleep, which there is that there, but it's not the primary reason that I put together my houses the way that I do. I put it together for a, a family who has certain needs, they have a certain rhythm. And so I understand that and I can help them solve that, solve their problems. But also I can, I can provide them with a, with a home where I've anticipated what they're going to need and I've provided it there. So yeah, (laughs) I know that's, that's kind of, kind of how I
0: went about it was really just to find what I'm delivering. What is the product I'm delivering? I love that. And I'm curious when you mention you're talking to your guests. You have that conversation with them about why they're wanting to book your property or why they've booked your property before their stay, during their stay, or after their stay? All of the above. So there's a certain amount that you
1: can automate, of course, but you've also, you know, you sort of, there's a journey that, that is a booking journey. So there's, when you're sort of doing a dance, you're, you're seeing if, guest is a good fit for you and the the guest is seeing if you're a good fit for them and and so you sort of feel each other out a little bit and then of course there's the booking which is which is then you find out why they're coming I always ask people in in even in my automation what are your plans why are you coming not because I want to check up on them but I'm genuinely curious about why people are coming to my city and just noticing uh, and being aware of the responses that you get people are very generous with their information. And if you, if they tell you something, then listen. And then, and then you can, then over time, that information will give you a really good picture of who your who's, who's your ideal demographic, who is the people that are really enjoying your stay and who are the people that are just coming to book a cheap bed. Because like, I'm not really interested in if they're just looking for a cheap bed, they're not really interested in the sort of things that I've provided. But someone who's, you know, who's coming for a local experience, I've given them more than what they've they've expected. And then they give me lots of love back.
0: Very cool. And, you know, you mentioned also about anticipating your guests' needs. I'm curious, when you were thinking about ways to optimize your property, and again, anticipating those needs, is that something that you sat down one day and just said, okay, what are my target guests going to need? And you made a list, and then you went and you know stocked your properties with those things, or did it evolve on an ongoing basis over time? Talk with us a little bit about that process.
1: I think what I started to do was I just started keeping a list of copy and paste replies to standard questions that I would get. And the questions that I would get would be, how do I get from the airport? How do you know, do you have how do you have babysitting? How can I where is the nearest restaurant? I would just be, you know, be conscious of all of those questions. And I would create copy and paste responses, mainly because I was lazy. And if I had them already written, I could copy and paste them wherever I was. So, you know, if a question would come in, I could quickly, especially if it was during that initial dance, like, is this the right person for me? They would ask a question. I could immediately put a a reply that I'd already pre-written, that had already had the the nice things like the, sorry, I'm thinking in Japanese now, the aisatsu, the, you know, I'm really happy that you've, that you've asked this question and thank you for asking. and, And all of those things that you have at the beginning, it's not just like, how do I get in from the airport? And just with a, boom you do this it's like ah oh, thank you for asking i'm really happy to really happy that you're interested in our property and and i would have all that pre written so that i could if i was out and about doing things i could just go oh that's that question boom answer that and so when you have a lot of frequently asked questions that you have a, a store of you can look at it and go oh okay well i'm getting this question a lot how can i have a solution for that because if a person asked the question of how do I get in from the airport? I give them a great response. Then they're going to likely to book with me immediately because I've been so helpful.
0: I love that. And I've heard you say in the past, you know, that you love sitting down with a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and dedicating time to writing out those responses when you're in a good mood (laughs) And really, really focusing on making sure all of your communications do just that. They're not only answering their questions, but they're invoking an emotion in your target guest, correct? absolutely correct so and you know
1: you know if you've been hosting for a little while you know who these guests are these are the guests that stand out in your memory and go gee I really am happy that they they book with us because they were really friendly or they were really nice or they really just got me so you know who those guests are so just keep keep your eye out for those and so I would almost them in my mind and if you want to be really nerdy you could sort of take their picture and stick it up on the wall and then start writing a response as if you're speaking directly to that person because they're your ideal customer. And then you could speak to them like, you know, they were sitting across from you and it just makes it a lot easier to batch all this stuff. Now, full disclosure, I'm a little neurodiverse, so I find batching is really good for just my workflow. And so when I can hyper focus, I can get a whole bunch of stuff done, then I only have to do it once. Um, And again, so I'm lazy. (laughs) This means I don't have to. I was recognizing that I was typing out the same messages over and over again. I'm going, oh, this is a really dumb use of my time. So I would save them as copy and pastes. The really good ones, I would save them. And then I would sit down and write, flesh them out and write more.
0: So I am going to politely reframe. You are not lazy. You are efficient. I'm efficient. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) i'm I'm systems orientated amen sister that's right. i love it i love it okay so we're talking about target demographic ideal guests and someone could totally be listening to us chat about this and thinking well wait a minute i mean i can rent to everybody why do i care about identifying an ideal guest or a target demographic what are your thoughts on that well you only have 365 days
1: in a year, right? Only have 365 days a year. Now, if you had a choice of, of having a guest who just got you, who loved everything you did, who wasn't asking for discounts, who was like, you know, like giving you lots of love, wanting to come back again and again, wouldn't you want to have your whole calendar filled with that guest, right? If you filled up your calendar with a guest, it's just like, oh, yeah, it was a nice place. Then you ha- your calendar is blocked off for those for those really good guests that are going to bring you bring you additional value on top of the money that they're giving you, so so that's the way I look at it. It's like, well, I'm going to really just try and target this particular demographic so that I have more of those people coming into my world and bringing their love and their energy into into my business. So, and it's not just about the money. It's money is nice, of course, but it just is a is a lovely way to do business. So it's because it's not just a job then. So that that's what I say. It's like, well, I'm going to really focus in on those people who love me. And sure, I'm going to host, I'm going to give everybody the same the, the same good service if they choose to book with me. But it allows someone who sees my marketing, who sees my property, who sees my value and goes, yes, I want to book with them. And it allows them to self-select me. And then as well, it allows someone who goes, yeah that's not for me, it allows them to self select away and find a host that really matches or a host or a, or a listing or, you know, a house that really suits them. So it's, it's just a matter of really just t- in, dialing in to make sure that you're putting your best foot forward t- for that particular ideal guest.
0: Love that. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. So I also, I want to move into direct bookings because I know Again, this is something right within your wheelhouse. And for anyone who doesn't know, Tracy hosts our direct booking meetup inside the Short Term Rental Society. And during this meetup, she shows people how to reduce their reliance on the OTAs, online travel agencies, for those listening who may not know what I'm referring to, but also stay proactive in filling their booking calendars. And I love your concept of folks, we need to be proactive and not reactive. And that could be a whole other podcast in and of itself. But I'm curious, Tracy, from your you know toolbox or arsenal, what are some of your favorite ways to fill your booking calendars?
1: I have an email marketing pro- program. I only send out an email once a month, but I've been collecting since since that that regulation time which was 2018 I have been collecting everybody's email address right from them I wish I'd started in 2011 when I started but I started collect, actively collecting email addresses from 2016 to 18 and everyone from then I, I collect their email addresses and so they get people get a happy friendly full of value email from me once a month. And they share that because I don't just talk about my houses and and I don't talk about discounting. I talk about all the really cool things you can do in my area. And I show people things that they may not have seen before because I'm local. I've got that local inside knowledge that is so valuable. So my emails actually get have a really, really high sort of 65, 70% open rate. And that's because the people on my list know who I am, They trust me already because they've stayed with me before they have an interest in coming back and they know that i'm i'm giving them information that is local that is valuable and i'm not just like selling to them so that's my that's my really big thing so i get a lot of referrals a lot of people share that email to other people i also have a lead magnet on my on my direct booking website i give value to people who are planning to come to my area and give them something that they may not have got from somebody else. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a value-based value-based proposition.
0: I love that. Okay. So I want to dive into that a little deeper. First of all, if someone is listening and going, well, wait a minute, how do you get these people's email addresses? Talk to us about your approach for that.
1: I ask them it's very, very old school. I ask them. It's in my automated sequence. So if they come in on my direct booking website, I've got their email address anyway. But if they've come in from an OTA, booking.com, for example, hides the like makes it a bit strange. Uh, OTA like Airbnb just, just doesn't give it to you at all. So I have it in my first message to say, look, i really, you know, so happy that you booked. I've got a ton of really great information to send to you prior to your arrival, which I need to send to you by email. So, Can I please have your email address? 95%. I get 95% success rate off that. I just ask politely. That's the best way. Now, I'm not just asking it to, for that email address to put into my mailing list. It's because I'm actually sending people, you know, a PDF before they come. and, And whether that gets stopped down the line, I'm not sure. But, you know, I've been doing this now, well, it's been seven or eight years that I've been doing that. And I've never, never had any issues with it. You know, as long as people realize that I'm, I'm collecting their email addresses because I'm sending them something. There's a ton of other ways you can do it as well. I'm possibly going to move to a, a digital onboarding. So where, when I get a booking, I'm going to send people a link where they can actually sign up themselves as the main booker, but everyone else in the group. Because again, with regulations, I need to keep everybody's ID and I need to keep everybody's name and where they've come from before they've landed. So that's just my regulations. Gotta
0: love those regulations.
1: Yes, all right. you gotta use them to your advantage. I mean, it's not just like, you know, when they throw you lemons, you make lemonade out of it. So that's what I tried to do.
0: Amen to that. Now, I want to ask you, too, about the actual value-based newsletters that you're sending because anyone who knows you knows that you are a phenomenal writer, okay? (laughs) When I think about myself, I'm thinking, man, I am not a phenomenal writer. Someone might be listening and going, I don't even know what to put in these newsletters or how would I get that information if I'm not local? What if my property is far away? Any recommendations that you have for folks who may not be as eloquent in writing a newsletter as someone like you?
1: Outsource to a copywriter. There is a ton of great copywriters out there. They're not expensive, and they're usually, you know, people who are small businesses themselves and working from home who have a talent for writing. And you know what you could what you as the, as the boss should do though is really tell that copywriter who you're trying to reach who is that target demographic what information do they need to thrive and what's going to what's also going to give them a bit of fun and you know i actually have a template so i have a sort of basic you know outline and i outsource i outsource it now it's a much better use of my time i obviously check it before it goes out but yeah, I I I outsource it to some some interns. It's fantastic. Love that. Mm. Delegate to elevate, baby. Delegate um, to elevate. But you know, as the CEO, you've obviously gotta set the set the tone mm-hmm. and set the structure first and then, you know, just manage
0: And I love again that you are. Thinking about yourself and your business in that manner, that's something that I always try to instill in my students inside the STR Success Accelerator, that you are the CEO of your business, right? And there are CEO-level activities that you should and could be doing, or there are other activities that you could be doing that are not a good use of your time. So that time management is so incredibly important ceo means chief
1: executive officer not chief everything officer i actually wrote a blog post on this too about how to actually figure out where you should be delegating or where you could be delegating and again that, uh, that ceo time that's like time well spent and actually just figuring out what you what you want your business to look like
0: so yeah there's a blog post on on my blog about that as well love it Now, you also mentioned a term that I know what it is, but for anyone who doesn't know what a lead magnet is, can you talk us through that? Sure. A lead magnet is
1: a piece of free content. It's something that's free that is going to give someone value that they exchange an email address for. So on my direct booking website, I have a little widget thingy that that's the technical term, Stacey, <laughs> little <laughs> widget thingy that it was. it's a plugin and I, and it pops down and it says, do you want a free, and it, it's better language than this, but it's like, hey, you're coming to Tokyo. Do you want the 10 best apps to download before you arrive or something? I've got two different lead magnets and I, cause I, I'm a nerd. I like to see which one works better. But but it's really just thinking about like it could be anything. It could be a checklist, a packing list, things to pack before you come. So let's say you're in the mountains and you know you have weird weather. It's like, you know, here are the things that you should put in your put in your suitcase before you come. I'm in Tokyo. So here are the apps that you should download on your phone to help you thrive when you're when you're out about. And, and these are these are products that I don't sell myself, or I'm not. I'm not affiliated with. It's just things that I want, that I think are useful for for my target demographic. So, there is like, you should download the Google Translate ad, app. You should download the, you know, the mapping app. You should download. You know, there's a there's a couple of other things there. So, and it's just a way for someone to get something for free, and then I
0: get their email address. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just going to add a little bit to that. If someone, again, is maybe hosting in an area that isn't where they live and may not be as familiar with, you know, what there is to do in the market, Facebook groups are a fantastic resource for that finding local people to get their perspectives local businesses there are all types chambers of
1: commerce your local city office people that have an interest in helping your guests thrive when they come to the area so there's a ton of resources out there and it's it's just a matter of like saying well this is what i want to achieve and then just spending a little bit of time. doesn't have to be a lot of time it's just a little
0: bit of time like looking for looking for solutions for that Mm. fantastic okay so now what i want to do i want to move into the lightning round and what i'm going to ask you to do okay get comfortable here that's right answer with the very first thing that comes to mind okay first question where's your favorite place to vacation thailand Ooh, i've never been but i've heard it's gorgeous all right. What's one place you've never been to that you want to visit? Iceland. Ooh, my dad just got back from there. Oh, did He, he get saw see the that? Northern Lights. Oh, and the blue, the blue baths and things, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So he, not to digress, but I'll just do it for a quick minute. He took a trip to Iceland several years ago to see the Northern Lights. <laughs> it was like gray and it rained the whole time. And he was bound and determined that was something on his bucket list. So he just flew to Iceland by himself for, I think, 12 days and did like a photography trip around Iceland and saw the North. I think that's so cool that he did something on his bucket list. I have a 12-year-old going anywhere on my own. Just sounds like (laughs) heaven to me. (laughs) Amazing. Okay, next question. What's one thing you know now? that you wished you knew when you were starting out in this business?
1: I guess who my, who my ideal client was. Yeah. 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 Like a callback. Yeah, but absolutely. Who am I trying to serve? Who am I mm. trying to help? Mm.
0: Love that. Okay, what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given?
1: That's a hard one. I've been given so much good advice. Yeah, my my dad always gave really good advice. And that was, that was just... Trust your instincts.
0: That's a great piece of advice. Mm-hmm. All right, what is one thing and/or person that you're grateful for today? One thing
1: and/or person. Oh, there is so much that I'm grateful for today. Check my gratitude journal. I'm just grateful for. I'm I'm grateful for the internet for putting me in touch with fine people like yourself from all over the world that I would not have met otherwise so yeah i'm I'm thankful
0: for the internet i know it is amazing yes even though you and i have never personally been in the same room i know that we when we do get in the same room it's going to be like that long slow motion run to hug you know (laughs) absolutely but so it's like you know we're from
1: different countries we're different ages we're from different backgrounds but you know we have very similar values we have very similar like You know business styles and hospitality styles and and also and i think the fact that we're constantly wanting to learn and grow and you know not getting it right now but it doesn't you know but it's just it's it's the journey and i think that's what connects people like you and me together yeah
0: totally and i'm just gonna say for anyone listening you know find people in your network who lift you up who believe in you, who encourage you. And, you know, Julie George just said it on my podcast a few weeks ago. If you find people in your life are bringing you down, don't spend time with them. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: Absolutely. A hundred percent.
0: You know, they're like life is too
1: short to, to despair, right? It's like, if you have a dream, it, it takes some courage, but it's so worth it. It's so worth it
0: amen to that. You don't
1: want to have regrets later on.
0: No regrets. No regrets. regrets. Okay. So before we wrap up, I just want to have you, you know, walk us through where folks can find you online for anyone again, who's listening, who wants to get plugged into all of Tracy's resources. She's got blog posts galore you know, on such fabulous topics. She's got swipe files, courses, she does private coaching. So I just want to encourage you as you're listening to this and thinking, you know what? I really want to learn more from Tracy. What is the best way for them to find you? Well, I'm really not a hard person to find. I don't, I'm not a woman of mystery.
1: I'm easy to find At You know, you can just Google my name at Tracy Northcott and Tracy Northcott Consulting is my, is my consulting side, and that's where you find my blog, and that's where you find my tools. I've got a ton of free free stuff. If you want to sort of just test the water to see if we're a good fit, because you know, I'm I have with my consulting, I also have an ideal client, the people that I love to work with, people that I think that I can help the best. And you, you know, and if you identify with that when you read my blog, then yeah, absolutely, get in touch. So
0: love that Tracy thank you again so much for being you and I can't wait to do the the long run with the slow motion to hug ya absolutely (laughs) okay sister are you ready to start making your short term rental dreams a reality but feeling lost stuck or just overwhelmed here's what I know for sure you deserve everything you're dreaming of and you deserve to get it with ease support and joy. So here's what I'd like you to do. Go to stacystjohn.com slash strwebinar and watch my free masterclass where you will get the scoop on how to leave your W-2 and start building your dream life with five simple steps. If you're ready to have more time to spend with friends and family doing the things you love, adding a ton of zeros to your bank balance and start living your short term rental dream you need to watch this masterclass head over to stacystjohn.com/strwebinar right now to start watching that's stacystjohn.com/strwebinar and i will see you there